This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing better than me. I'm not feeling the best this morning, I'll be real. Like, I don't know, like sinuses have been ridiculously blocked. The pressure in my face is arguably greater than the pressure that Arsenal were under on Sunday afternoon. Maybe not that much, to be fair. But uh, just, you know, that feeling when it just kind of goes through your your entire head and you feel like your face is about to explode. That is where I'm at. So uh, drop a like on the video and appreciate that I'm still dropping in the morning show for you guys because it's going to be a painful one for myself. Good morning, everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're doing good and well. Matt G, good morning to you, to PJ, to Kaiser and Paul and Afsar. Good morning, Alpha. Uh, Good morning to Trevor and Stephen and James. Good morning to Brad and Kevin and Stevie and Martin and... Carl, uh, we've got Harvey and Lynn, of course, and Mick and Gunnarate David. Good morning, everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, let's kick off, as always, by telling you to go and check out the latest prize available at full prizes. Brand new prize available for a sh- uh, smaller price in the first 12 hours. So don't miss out. Uh, the opportunity to win a signed and dual-framed Arsenal montage of Sol Campbell and Colo Torre, a fantastic opportunity. 149 tickets available. It runs out on Monday, the 24th of October. There is also the chance to win two instant win prizes. So basically all that means is if you buy a ticket, there's a chance that you could win immediately something else and still be in the raffle. The two instant win prizes available are a William Saliba signed and framed Arsenal photo montage and a Tony Adams signed and framed Arsenal shirt. So certainly worth getting involved. It's like entering two prizes at well, three prizes at once. So link in the description. As always, go and check it out. Drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and let's crack on with today's stories. Arsenal are set to play PSV on Thursday evening. I'm going to be at the game. Uh, I'm very pleased to be there, but we will be doing, of course, uh, a show this evening, doing our preview ahead of 
the game with the members from the Discord server at 5pm. Not the usual 6pm because I've got a thing going on this evening. So 5pm, we will have the preview on for the Arsenal PSV game. Come along and join us with that. Uh, Beth Mead finished second in the Ballon d'Or yesterday evening that was held in Paris, losing out to Alexia Patelas. Uh, who's won back-to-back Ballon d'Ors now, but she came ever so close. To be honest, I think she deserved it after the European Championships. Um, absolutely was key in that tournament. So to not get involved with winning that uh, is a real shame. But who oh, classic kind of non-English player winning the Ballon d'Or. Uh, speaking of uh, English players not getting too far, uh, or rather closer to number one spot, Bakaya Saka finished eighth in the Copa Trophy, uh, beating the likes of Karim Adeyemi and Florian Wirtz, but losing out to Ryan Gravenberch, Josko Gavardio. Gavi was the guy that won uh, the, the Copa Trophy. I just feel like Saka's far higher than eighth for what he's achieved. He was the England Player of the Year, smashed it with Arsenal last season. And is doing fantastically well at the start of this season. I think it's harsh. Very, very harsh indeed. Uh, A new Premier League pre-season tournament is set to take place. This is a really interesting story because a lot of discussion kind of went on around the idea that... um, more games of the Premier League could be held abroad. I know that we've debated this. We've talked about this at length with, you know, quite a few people being on my side of things with the case of, I never, I never ever want to see a Premier League game played away from England. I don't think it's personally right. I think that it questions the integrity of the competition if you start playing games away from home stadiums. Um, and we have pre-season tournaments abroad to kind of cater to that global and wider audience. It's just personally... It's just it's just how I personally feel on the situation. Anyway, the idea of this uh, Premier League tournament, uh, the ever-increasing appeal, this is from The Athletic, who have reported this, uh, the appeal from England's top fight is fueling a desire for global expansion, and this uh, is likely to happen. As the first step on the roadmap to hold competitive matches, matches rather in strategic markets, the proposal was to organise an enhanced pre-season tournament in the U.S., during the summer of 2022. However, issues relating to COVID stopped that idea and it is continuing to happen now in 2023. No details are are yet kind of there, uh, but it could see around six Premier League clubs divided into two groups, each playing kind of a round-robin style fixture in multiple cities across the US. Uh, obviously, it's going to bring in a lot of money. Um And obviously, it leads up to the US World Cup in 2026, getting kind of Premier League clubs out there. So, yeah, apparently 14 of the 20 sides in the Premier League are keen to participate and the intention of the so-called big six are less clear, but there is optimism that at least one of them would decide to join. So 14 of the Premier League's current 20 sides, the six that aren't are said potentially to be the main six. Um, It's obviously very beneficial for those clubs lower down the table that would get money from this that obviously isn't readily available to them without European football. I've, I don't mind. A pre, I've never said that I don't mind a preseason tournament. I said if it's in preseason, I have no issue with that at all. No issue with that whatsoever. If it's a preseason tournament, play it wherever you want, um, within reason. And uh, and yeah, I think based upon that, that's fine. But as soon as you start moving competitive Premier League fixtures away from home grounds, that's where the line is crossed with me. Although 
I have no control over anything and expect kind of that to happen one day, unfortunately. Uh, now, Gabriel has done an interview with Arsenal, which is a good thing. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I think Arsenal are kind of recognising at the moment that, that the pressure that Gabriel is is coming under from the fan base. He's, I've written about this. I feel as though he's definitely becoming more of a scapegoat, unfortunately, at Arsenal. So they've done a close-up interview. You can watch the whole interview on the Arsenal website, um, just to give you kind of a little excerpt from that, he says, I think it's one of the best periods of my life at the moment. I'm learning more about life every day with everything that's happening to me. When you become a father, you change in many ways. And I'm delighted. I think my first season was tough. The second season went better. And the third is just starting now. My ambition is to play in every match. And we know how hard it is to go through a season playing in every game. But I'll try to keep taking good care of myself and help Arsenal at all times. Now, the only player that's played more games, I think, since Gabriel potentially even joined, is Bakayo Saka. Gabriel is one of our most consistent starters in the Arsenal team. And unfortunately, he is starting to become a little bit of a scapegoat, unfortunately, in this Arsenal team. I don't want to see Gabriel highlighted for the In fact, there is so much positive about his game. But he does need to cut out those mistakes. The mistake like we saw at the end of the game against Leeds. Didn't need to do that. And it really overshadowed and undermined what was a very, very good performance against Leeds defensively. Were it not for Aaron Ramsdale being brilliant and it were it not for the event at the end of the game, he would have probably been my man of the match. He was fantastic. So if you can just cut out those rash mistakes... For me, I think we've got a great player on our hands there, someone that's getting undue criticism. Uh, Lukonga has expressed his anger at his coach of the Belgian national team, Martinez, in an interview uh, with La Dernier Hue, which I've probably butchered the pronunciation of, a Manu, our Belgian expert in the chat box, is going to be laughing his head off at. Uh, he said, uh, I called him, being Martinez, the day after the international match in March. Of course, he wasn't called up to the March or September squads. He says, I was really peed off <laughs> to, to, you know, to change his phrasing I thought for a moment that I didn't even want to play for the national team anymore I was disgusted Martinez said he preferred players who are playing regularly at their club he was also not completely satisfied with my training I don't think he can portray me as a bad boy who doesn't work hard it would be too easy to put up such a picture of me he can't use something like that to justify why I don't get to play if I'm already on the bench while De Bruyne Hazard and other stars are not there then I don't stand a chance if they are in the selection. Maybe Martinez doesn't believe in my qualities or he doesn't like my style, but I'd rather he communicate that clearly. I would have accepted his decision without hesitation. Um, I, I, I'm never a massive fan, you know, especially when the current manager um, of uh, Belgium is still in charge, as far as I'm aware, Martinez is still the Belgian coach. It's never going to be the best for you to come out publicly and start saying things like that. I don't think that's helped his cause a lot. I can see a few people in the chat book saying Lekong is a little bit of a moaner and has a propensity of complaining, says Zunold. But actually, talking about Arsenal, he is very different. Um, he was asked about his five starts um, and a total of nine appearances. While it's not ideal, he believes he's getting better education as a gunner than elsewhere. He says, honestly, it's difficult. I'm at one of the best clubs in England. I could have played somewhere else every week but that wouldn't have been the right solution for me. I developed better with 20 minutes of playing time at Arsenal than always playing elsewhere, but always winning with three or four nil. Um, 
Look, I, I think that he's very understanding of his situation of Arsenal. I've spoken personally to people that know those close to Lukonga and they say that he is very keen on staying with Arsenal and his mindset is very much on trying to make it at Arsenal. I think his mindset around Arsenal is very clear. But I think that there is a fair, I think there is a fairness about his complaints about the Belgian national team. I personally believe he's certainly good enough to be in that Belgian national team, especially with the squad that they have. I think that he's worthy of a, a place in the squad. Problem is, is you can't start talking like he just has about uh, Roberto Martinez as the coach. You just can't. You're never going to get anywhere. Um, I also think that if we sign somebody in the January transfer window, that he would be much better off next season going on alone. Whilst he says he's better off getting, say, 20 minutes at Arsenal, he's not even getting that enough. You know, in the Premier League at times, he's not getting enough. And I think actually he would benefit from a loan last season, maybe to France or a lower Premier League side, where he does play every single week in a position that he is better suited to, like that left-sided number eight role. And I think that personally that he would do better to do that and Arsenal can then go out and sign a midfielder that is obviously better and more suited to the qualities that we need of our midfield. I like Lukonga. I think he's genuinely got a future potentially at Arsenal. I think there are qualities there that I've seen, certainly when he first joined, that I like. But it's just what he was talking about. I can't quite get on board with him. I think if we sign somebody alone next season, would do him the world of good. Now, our main story, uh, I couldn't talk to you about the details of this yesterday morning because it was embargoed until midday. I can talk to you about it now. I spoke to Aaron Ramsdale after the game against Leeds uh, at the weekend. He spoke really, really well kind of about the understanding that Arsenal couldn't play the way that they wanted to play. You can read the article over on football.london. It is out on my page over there. I specifically kind of asked him about tactically whether or not uh, there's instinct and planning and kind of the balance between the two around when you're four not to be able to play the way that you want to. I worded the question a lot better than I just said it there. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's the idea of, because Arteta loves to talk about saying, Arsenal just need to play the way that we want to play. We need to impose ourselves on the opposition. When the opposition don't let you do that, is the way that you then react more off instinct or is it more off the planning that Arsenal end up putting in before these games? And Ramsdale was very clear. He said, no, he said it's all planned. Mikel Arteta plans for these moments. He plans for absolutely everything. His exact words were, um, he plans for everything to the finest detail. He will plan for things. He'll plan different formations, how they play, how we play, etc., etc. We know how to do it. If we haven't had to do it this season, which has been really good for us because it means we're in control of games, but to do it here, especially here, it's a really tough place to come and win. It's a credit to his staff for getting us into a position to do it. We've done it out there today, the 13, 14 of us that were on the pitch. Uh, he had also had a couple of other... I asked him about potentially after Jordan Pickford's mistake on Saturday and his really strong performance to, uh, on Sunday, if one weekend can be a defining factor in whether or not he starts... Um, in the World Cup. And actually, he was like, no, one weekend doesn't decide that. One game doesn't decide that. He was very grounded about kind of his position in the national team. And all he can do is continue to kind of push Jordan Pickford. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, fingers crossed, see something really strong from him towards that World Cup. And maybe, just maybe, he'll get into that England squad. Uh, and with that, uh, that brings us to the end of our story. So we're going to move over part two uh, after this quick word from our brand new sponsor. 
Hey guys, and as the support for the channel grows, so does the opportunities that come forward to support it. And I'm very happy to share that our new partnership with NordVPN is one that I feel is gonna be very beneficial to you as well as it is to the channel. I used NordVPN actually whilst I was away with my other half on our honeymoon. And you, whilst back at home, are enjoying the honeymoon series. Now, I thought I'd timed that holiday perfectly to avoid any missed opportunities to watch Arsenal. That didn't happen because unfortunately Arsenal played Brentford. Now, my usual broadcasting app didn't work whilst I was out, and so what did I do? I used NordVPN, changed my geolocation, hit over to the UK. Despite sitting and sipping a nice cocktail, I was able to enjoy the Arsenal game without any worries of security. And you can do that too with NordVPN, who have very kindly sponsored the channel for the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited to share this deal with you because you can now surf the net and know that you're secure and safe with what you're doing. You can get all the latest details and information in the description, but you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash guna to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months free. It's completely risk-free too, because if you don't like it, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Who can say any fairer than that? Thank you for listening and make sure you get involved with our latest sponsor. Yes, I know I'm not Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast. I can't do adverts anywhere near as good as he can. <laughs> Trust me, it took me so long to try and record that. I, I, can't, I can't do it. It's really difficult. It's hopefully something I'm going to get better at. You know, as I said, like the channel is growing. It's getting bigger. We're getting opportunities come in, which is great. Everything that kind of comes into the channel is really helping to make it what it is. If you were to watch a video on TGT from like four years ago compared to now, it, the, the production, the graphics, the microphones, the hardware, this massive thing in front of me I've got, which is like massive soundproofing and stuff to make the audio as good as it possibly can be, um, all comes from the support that you give the channel. And now with more, hopefully, coming into the channel, it's going to make it even better. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and improve on my delivery on some of those. Um, but yeah, what I'm also going to do is usually what we have is mid-roll adverts on YouTube. Whilst we have these, I'm not going to put the mid-roll adverts into YouTube so you don't have to have the double up of those. So whenever we have kind of a mid-roll sponsor, I'm not going to put in the adverts on YouTube into the middle of the episode to make it kind of balanced. So I hope that's fair as fair. Um, anyway, I did get feedback from our members. I always, whenever there's kind of opportunities to the channel, go to our Discord server with the members, get feedback from them, see what they think. And they were very, very supportive of the idea. If you're not keen on it, you know, it's, I'm sorry, but uh, we, with the way that things are at the moment, especially um, for everybody, it's it's just one of those things that if we get these opportunities, and I always try to make sure they're good opportunities for the channel as well, that I want to push it through. I'm not going to address it again, but for the next couple of weeks, we will be sponsored by NordVPN. Go to the link in the description and check out uh, the latest offer. Uh, but as I said, I did use it in Mauritius, and it was really helpful because it allowed me to watch the Arsenal game. So it's there you go. Anyway, um, Carl says, Tom, when can we buy the TGT cap? There is no TGT cap. I've been really, I've been really tempted to... Um, jump onto one of those custom cap websites and put the Canon logo that we have. 
um, on uh, on it just to see what it would look like. But there's always kind of this thing stopping me from doing. I don't know what it is. I just have something that really that's really kind of stopping me from doing it. Um, but yeah, maybe it's something we'll look to. But there's something inside me that I always feel. Like I was in the past. I was very kind of critical of merch in a way. Maybe it's that hypocrisy that I'm scared of kind of jumping and into, but things change, I guess. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. Like, all of the Arsenal visions, Elliot, I'm not going to scream like Elliot does. If you aren't, if you haven't, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the adverts actually become part of vision. I know that the Patreon subscription and the uh, subscribers over at uh, vision actually who don't have to listen to the adverts if they're Patreon uh, subscribers want to listen to the adverts because Elliot does them so brilliantly. Um <laughs> you know that in itself would be unreal uh sean says uh tom so proud of you mate seeing this channel grow massively thanks mate. i really appreciate it. and genuinely the support means so much thank you to everyone that's, that's giving us support whenever you do kind of a uh, uh a new sponsor sort of thing you, there's always going to be part of it you, you're worried about backlash stuff like that it really means a lot that you guys support the channel and continue to give all the support that there is. Um, so there you go. Yeah, now <laughs> Vision's adverts are absolute jokes. They are brilliant. Uh, Gautam says, thoughts on the Ballon d'Or going to any Real Madrid or Barca players again, expected Beth Mead to win or Saka to be very close to winning. My thoughts are that I've kind of stopped caring about the Ballon d'Or in a way. What I will say is that Karen Benzema absolutely deserves it. Karen Benzema is the outright winner of that competition without any shadow of a doubt. He has been brilliant. And he's really... Um, He's really kind of, what's the word, uh, worked towards this. He's earned this. Uh, so many years of being an unselfish player, finally a focal point at a team. He absolutely deserves that award and fair play to him. But I was gutted for Beth. I really thought Beth deserved to win it this year for the women's game. Um, sucks that she didn't. But getting second place, what an achievement. And she was key, absolutely key to... Uh, to, to the England team and the Arsenal team as well. And hopefully we can go on to some big things this season. Uh, Sasha says, do you think Jesus is dropping deeper because he wants to get more in games? Is it an instruction? His mobility is a strength, but we don't want him to replace uh, lacquer with another lacquer. I'm so glad that you've brought this up because I can now do a very selfish plug. <laughs> I wrote an article on this yesterday, uh, looking at a little bit of a tactical piece around the positioning of Erdogan and Jesus. Now, what I might do is I'll share my screen with you, and I can actually show you the average position of Erdogan and Jesus. Now, if you're listening on audio platforms, I'll give you a visual representation. Uh, this one. Here we go. So this is the article I wrote um, all about the average position. If you have a look, and I might have to zoom in here. Uh, I don't know if you can see the mouse on the screen. I'm hoping that you potentially can. I don't think you can, though. Bottom left-hand corner of that graphic, the number eight, which I've highlighted as Erdegaard, is actually further forward than Jesus is in that picture. He's further forward and further up the field on an average position than what... Um, are you what's is there an issue with the audio guys because some people keep saying something oh okay hold on hold on let me change this mm. okay i'm hoping that you can hear me a bit better now sorry i don't know why that microphone's having a bit of a funny five minutes but it is uh sorry I'm hoping that the audio is okay. Uh, not now. It was for about five seconds. Okay, well, I've changed it now, so hopefully it's more consistent across uh, the boards. Sorry about that. I don't know why the audio some reason. I think my USB drives in the laptop are getting a bit old. I've had this laptop for quite some time now. 
Um, let's go to, uh, yeah, so the, the Erdegaard positioning is slightly further up the fields than Jesus, and that's not what we want. We don't want that situation where uh, Erdegaard is, is the, the kind of the main focal point further up the field. We want Jesus to be that player. Yes, it's fine for Jesus to kind of drop in sometimes. And I think that when it comes to a player like him, when he does get too tempted to come backwards, it traps us a bit. We need him to be the furthest forward centrally than everyone else. It's fine if Saka and Martinelli are average kind of further up the field than um, than Jesus is, because obviously they play in the wide positions. They can get closer to the byline to cross the ball. But we don't want our attacking midfielder to be further forward than our main striker. He can drop in now and again. He can come and collect the ball. But for me, I think that we need to see a situation whereby Erdegaard is playing behind him because it, we then lack that focal point. We then lack the ability for Erdegaard to kind of find the striker as well. So, yeah, I love this comment. At least Tom has a backup, Michael, <laughs> compared to the Premier League. Yeah, you know, look, they could take a lesson from me. What I will say is that when I was at the ground, the thing that they said to us was, was really key. They said that it takes time for the system to reboot. So they can't just have kind of a whole um, another version of VAR or another version of goal line technology that kind of kicks in. Can you imagine the, the logistics of that, the finances of that for a situation that very rarely happens? Anyway, if I show you the kind of two um, maps from the Tottenham and the Liverpool game, what you can see from these is that Jesus is the furthest forward central player in the team in both of those games that we won and played really well in. Erdegaard is significantly behind Jesus and that's, that's the structure that we need to have when we're dominating games. Yes, Leeds played really well. Yes, Leeds pinned us back. But because of Jesus' positioning, it really it, it made it very, very difficult for us to kind of break out. And because of that, we ultimately had to move to default. I think we brought in Fabio Vieira that played, and played slightly further forward than even Erdogan was. And then we played Eddie and Ketia. Now, if I scroll back up to that top image that you saw a second ago, you can probably see a really faint circle uh, above Erdegaard. That really faint circle of red is Nketiah. As soon as he came on, he played much further up the field than where Jesus was. He actually provided us an outlet. So when we counter-attacked, we were actually able to kind of waste more time, get the ball further up the field and deal with what uh, leads were kind of bringing to us. Jesus became a little bit of a liability towards the end of the game. Nketiah enabled us to break out uh, and enabled us to have more of a focal point and an escape route when we played that game. So... Yeah, it's, it's a frustration and hopefully against PSV, which I would personally start Jesus for. And then against Southampton at the weekend, I again would start Jesus. I'm hoping that, of course, he kind of refines his footing in a way. Uh, Reese says, Tom, would you sell Lekonga in order to get Bellingham? Yeah, of course. If you told me that we can sell Lekonga and get Bellingham, absolutely. I don't think there's much of a question about that. Uh, Jason says, should Arteta get another striker in the transfer window? I don't think we're going to get one in January. The closest we might get to a brand new striker is the idea of um, having a player that can play across the front three. I use the Diogo Jota example all the time. That's the kind of player I think we need to give us more options in a forward sense. We lack that player. We've got Marquinhos, we've got Nelson, we've got Vieira. Vieira is more of that Odegaard style for me than he is a versatile player that plays in the wide position. I think he can do it, but I think we need someone more akin to playing there. And I just think Nelson, his story is kind of done at Arsenal. And Marquinhos isn't of the level yet, could potentially be one day, that's going to give us what we need. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. 
Uh, Carl says, Tom, didn't Aaron Ramsey say uh, that soaking the pressure was part of Mikel Arteta's game plan? Read Jesus. It was, and certainly kind of absorbing pressure and trying to counter was, but I still think that Jesus's positioning was a little bit too deep for what I would have appreciated personally. I think that he still needed to be a little bit further up. Odegaard could have then dropped in. But the reason why he made the changes for Vieira and Nketiah was obviously to give us new legs, but tactically also because Jesus was trapping us in with his deep positioning. Uh, Belage says, Tom, would you sell Nelson in January to sign a fine? Yeah, absolutely, I would sell him and bring in a wide forward, 100%. Amira says, morning, Tom. We heard in pre-season that the coaching staff were impressed with Sambi as an eight. Do you think Sambi would have been developed as a left eight in if El Nenny was fit? I am almost certain that would be the case and that El Nenny would be coming on in games when Lekonga usually would and Lekonga would be playing in that left eight position and El Nenny might be playing deeper uh, against the Europa League teams. I think that's probably what we would have done. The El Nenny injury, despite us all laughing and saying, oh, it's only El Nenny, oh, we should have signed someone. The El Nenny injury actually has been really damaging to us in the first half of the season in terms of rotation. He would have been a really solid asset for us. I know that we need to upgrade. I know we need better than El Nenny. That's not for a debate. You know, that's, that's a fairly well-established and agreed-upon motion. But he is still a good player. He is still a player that can offer you something. He is still a player that can come in and cover when we need him to on the off chance, not consistently across a whole season. But, you know, I, I really, I think that he's offered us a lot more than potentially we could have got uh, from someone coming in and needing to transition. We still need someone, but I like what El Nenny's brought when he's been called upon, and we've missed that so far. Uh, Galton says, if Balogun continues with his current performances, do we recall him? No, we don't. We let him flourish. We let him, Patino, Aziz, everyone continue their loan spells. We need to sign someone in January. We need to bring a forward in. We need to bring in a midfielder. And we move from there. We can't cut short alone and then say to Balogun, you're going to come back, but you're barely going to play because we're in the knockout rounds of the Europa League. We're in the Premier League title race, who knows? No, he needs to stay out there, keep playing, keep doing what he's doing and keep improving not only his game, but his value. That's also another key point. Uh, Jabu says, uh, two questions. Uh, part of a alternative episode. Don't worry, we'll be doing loads of transfer stuff over the World Cup. Don't you worry. Lots of Arsenal content still to come. And question two, when must Jesus take his yellow card? Surely he can miss Forrest and be back for Chelsea. I don't know. Ideally, he doesn't have to miss any games because he's absolutely key to what we do. I think he was a little bit rash in getting too quickly up to those four yellows. If he can avoid yellows for the rest until it kind of wipes off his record, great. I think that we had a, uh, a situation with Diego Costa. He got four yellow cards very quickly. Didn't get a yellow card for the rest of the season with Chelsea. We need to be the same kind of situation with Jesus. That's personally what I would do. Um, let's go to Manu, who says, who is your favourite feature of Vieira and Marquinhos and where should they play, where should they improve apart from physically? My, I think my favourite feature of Vieira is his directness, how he enjoys being as direct, getting into the box, scoring goals. He's done that. I love his crossing as well. I know I'm going off on the tangent with more than just one. Marquinhos, the best thing about him is the basics that he does well. His crossing, his passing, his running, his movement. The basics of his game are really good for the age that he's at. That's the best thing, I think, to say about Marquinhos at the age that he's at right now. Now it's going to be about developing that next level of seniority in him that will hopefully see him succeed at Arsenal. Uh, Christian says, you know, often through the game, the overlap slash underlap doesn't come off and too much defensive pressure remains in front of the players. But Saka and Martinelli has improved defensively. 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't always come off. But the thing is that our wide players, as you say, Christian, are getting back more. They are defending better. Saccharin, I thought Martinelli got back really well at the weekend. I really do want to see that improve. When do they reset? January, I think, the halfway point of the season. Uh, maybe it's slightly later because of the World Cup now, but I'm pretty sure it needs to be halfway through the season. Saliba's on four. Apparently, Gabriel's on four. We need to make sure that we take the yellows. Um, we need to find, yeah, we're going to miss them. Look, we've got Tommy Asu. We've got Holding. I think we can afford to be without one or the other of Gabriel and Saliba for one game, potentially against Nottingham Forest. I think that that would be fine. Um, but we are, there is a worry that we could see a suspension for the Chelsea game. Uh, let's go to... Uh, let's scroll up a little bit more. I'm sure I've missed some questions. I think someone told me to scroll up, Ugin. Uh, I can't find the question, though. So, Joel, I did see your question about scrolling up. I can't find it. So, you're going to have to type it in again, I'm afraid, my friend. Uh, Samuel says, Tom, how can we keep both Eddie and Flo next season? Both are going to demand significant game time. One needs to be sold. That's fine. We've we've got Nketi on a contract. We've got Balogun on a contract. They are going to be wanted. They're going to be teams that are going to be inquiring about them. That's fine. We hold the cards with those two players. And it's a good place to be in with those two players. Who do we sell? We'll have to wait and see. But I think we're in a good position with both of those players, personally. Um, yeah, I thought I agree with you, Nav. I thought Holding did do well against Buda Glimt in Norway. I thought he was one of our better players in that game. Uh, Mark says, Saliba is also on four yellows and Sunday was totally undeserved and it was not a purposeful handball. Potentially, but they're always going to give a handball and a yellow card in the box. They're, they're never not going to do that. Uh, Deep Kundu, is there any update on Zinchenko? We should hopefully get an update on Wednesday when the open training session happens. Bailey Keogh is going to be there. So if he is present, we'll know. I are, I'm not optimistic about Zinchenko, to be honest. I'm not optimistic about his availability at all. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not optimistic about it. Uh, Jake says, I kind of miss seeing you take a break, which clearly wasn't long enough for you to have a drink and you apologise for being caught taking a sip. How dare you require a break for long enough for a drink? <laughs> yes, I did say I was stopping drinking and I uh, have. Uh, the only times I haven't was on my honeymoon, which is when I said, obviously, I was going to have a drink on my honeymoon. And uh, I did a gin journey in East London uh, on Saturday. That's the last drink and probably will be for quite a significant period of time. I'm trying to go two total. For some, it's <laughs> for the for clarity, I don't have an issue. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping for kind of because I want to. You know, I just kind of, for my health, I just kind of want to uh, cut alcohol out, really. Uh, it's something that I'm going to try and do. I tell you what, for the three weeks after my honeymoon that I didn't have a single drink, I felt better. I don't know what it was. I just I just felt better. So I am going to absolutely try uh, to cut alcohol out of my, my diet completely. I do want to lose some weight as well. I know I say that a lot on the channel, but I do. And I really could uh, lose some more weight. I feel like everyone I do podcasts with, everyone I talk to now is just, I'm looking, I'm going, yeah, I, I need to lose some weight. I need to, I need to match these guys because they're performing at different levels to me, both physically and podcastingly. So I need to improve significantly. So yeah, uh, lots of health stuff going on right now, but I'm hopefully improving. And I think also like, I always come on this podcast and I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling that great though. I'm feeling a bit ill and people are like, yeah, you need to really, you need to really kind of improve diet. So that's always been key. And that's what the aim is, improve the diet. Um, so there you go. Uh, Sojo Go So Slow says, you look good. Well, you know, you can only see me from this angle. 
<laughs> you don't want to see me stand up, is what I would say. You don't want to see me stand up. Joel says, do you think our new system slash formation will be found out? Seems fatigue gave Leeds the upper hand. Um, I think fatigue is going to come into things. I think the fact we didn't have a training session before Leeds absolutely came into the game. Hopefully, we look better against PSV after a few days of training. We then will certainly be able to have a training session before the Southampton game because we're playing at home. So there you go. Uh, fingers crossed it's definitely going to be better. Uh, Charlie says, take a vitamin D. First step in feeling energized. Uh, we do have, and I've actually been doing the magnesium and zinc tablets as well, just to kind of get improve the immune system and all that stuff. So hopefully uh, can start feeling healthier in life. Uh, Sean says, diet is the hardest part in weight loss. Pre-meals are a great start. Pre-meals. You have to get, send me some tips. If you do have tips about diets and things that have worked for you, send them my way. I'm always happy to, to get involved and, and chat about health and stuff like that. So send them my way. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, which I know that people don't always enjoy. So we are going to wrap things up there. We've been going on for over half an hour. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave your feedback on the channel uh, down below in the comment section. I try and reply and read through as many as feasibly possible. Um, I can't read a reply to them all, but I do try my best to read a reply to, to ones that are certainly questions and like comments about things that have gone on and have been said. Um, so, yeah, send a message, send a DM. Uh, we also recorded the first uh, views from the Clock End podcast over on the Ask the Way. Myself and Kaya or Kaya and Bailey are going to be doing a weekly podcast with RFL for Football London. So make sure you go and give that some support as well over on the Arsenal Way. You can listen to it on audio platforms as well. Um, the boys will be live on the Arsenal Way at 10. And I'll be back here at 5pm to do the preview show for the PSV game as well. So lots to come, lots of fantastic things to see and watch. Thank you for listening. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.